Happy hump day. It's Wednesday, y'all. And we're here, and another interview is about to enter your ears. (laughs) (laughs) We've been on a roll with these interviews lately. We're really excited about it. So this week, we have our new friend, Robin, of Robin Michelle Photography. She's so great and nice, and she brought us macaroons. I'm super pumped. I also need to probably start eating. Can we just bust open into this now? Yeah, 100%. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Guys, this interview is so exciting. Um... She's super creative, super nice, super sweet, and super insightful. Um, So yeah, I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. Yeah, she had a lot of really nice and empowering and helpful and, I don't know, I think really all around good things to say. I was like, people actually talk like they know what they're saying. Yeah. Because here I am. (laughs) I'm like, what am I saying? Yeah, nobody knows. Oh. All right. So (sighs) without further. Hold on. Do we have to take a video of this? Okay, sorry, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, you know what, you guys, we're gonna eat these macarons. You listen to this podcast, and here we go. Here we are. Hello. We have a special guest today, and her name is Robin. Hi, Robin. (laughs) She is the owner of Robin and Michelle Photography. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you. I'm excited. I hope I don't sound like a complete idiot. No, you won't. There's no way. We're on the podcast. (laughs) You'll be fine. I feel like everybody always gets nervous at first, like, oh, oh, now it's happening. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's just hearing your own voice like you hear yourself one way in your head and then you actually hear yourself on a recording and you're like who is that oh yeah it you can ask her the first podcast we did I didn't listen to it for like three weeks I just couldn't I was like I hate this I don't want to I don't even know why we're doing this I'm so confused but I was like, we made you it have through. to listen to it yeah she's like I've already listened to it 12 times like, you're nuts I well like when it. I listen to you girls you have very soothing voices so Aww. I really appreciate it especially listening in the morning it's yeah. Nice way to wake up. Aw, thank you. Yeah, thank you. How did you even find us? Because you guys gave me a free card. To <laughs> yeah, that's right. You I'm like, who, who are these people? I don't even know how I won a contest, but <laughs> I guess I did something, so I won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're following us, and I think we just chose from our what was it first hundred followers yeah. or something yeah. yeah i don't know something i was like excited because i've never won anything in my entire life that's what you're saying <laughs> that's awesome i know that feeling too i feel like i never won anything so it feels so special um oh do you have co-star i don't know it's an that astrology is. app okay do you know what time you were born i was born at 5 30 in the afternoon okay Ooh. okay so i'm gonna write that down quick <laughs> Bye, Taco. I only have a toothbrush. Have <laughs> your pen. Yeah. So while you pick the Oracle card, I'm going to look up your co-star. Your birth chart so you can get all that info. So I just, yes. I just pick yeah. anything? Yep. A so card, any card? If, are you uh, right-handed? I am right-handed. Okay, so take your the deck in your right hand, okay. right? And yep. then shuffle it into your left. And whenever it feels right, stop, pick a card. Okay. Just let it let it choose you. Okay. All right, Robin. What is your birthday? July fifteenth, nineteen eighty one. And then where were you born? In Missoula, Montana. Oh, whoa, cool. Yeah. Ooh, I've always wanted to go to Montana. It's a very beautiful state, but I suggest visiting in the summer months. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I like beauty. I don't like cold. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Yes. <laughs> okay. I have my card. All right. This all right. Which one is it? Is Ooh, the cobra. Is bad? No. Ooh. It's never bad. Oop, oop, here you go. Could never be bad. All right. Let's see what the cobra says. It always takes me forever to find them in the book. Ooh, it's a fire sign. Just a triangle. Ooh. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Pausing, waiting, the inner teacher. 
The cobra represents a teacher or spiritual guardian. The cobra hovers and watches, ever-present, ever-protecting, ever-loving. The essence of the cobra is found deep within us in the form of the inner teacher and manifests externally in those special guides who've led us along our path. What would it feel like to be a student again? Sorry. What are you ready to learn? Remember the old saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. When in balance, a student of life, humble and wise, when out of balance, a know-it-all or egocentric, to bring into balance, taking a class and study. Hmm. Does that interesting. hit home in any way? So I went to college to be a teacher. So I have my bachelor's in K-3 education. Hmm. Wow. And I feel like I've been in a lot of different industries before landing in photography and each one of them required a lot of learning, which I personally enjoy. Like I always am taking courses to learn something new. So I definitely would say that resonates with my personality a lot. Interesting. Well, can you talk us uh, through sort of your journey? Where, how did you end up in photography? Yeah, oh, I've been wondering. <laughs> I know. Um, how do you go from Montana to uh, teacher <laughs> to Texas? Jack to of all trades. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. I'll try. I'll try not to give too much detail because that could be a really long story. So <laughs> I'll just start with. I remember. I don't know. I think I was nine years old. Um, back in the day, I don't know how kids do it these days, but growing up mm-hmm. every summer we would have a yard sale. So it was very exciting. Like we'd price our own toys that we were getting rid of and kind of keep track of who bought what. And somebody, it was like a family garage sale. So we actually had neighbors and some friends who brought some of their stuff over as well. And someone had brought over this old Polaroid camera that they didn't want anymore. And I thought it was the most fascinating thing that you could take a photo and just instantly yeah. you would have a picture of, you know, whatever you took. So I love that. I remember taking it everywhere with me and just taking random pictures of just everything. Um, and then I think it was around high school where digital cameras came out, like the first digital cameras. And my mm-hmm. dad had bought me one. And I thought that was so amazing because that was like yep. more instant than a Polaroid. So I'd always just had an interest in taking pictures, and maybe 2004, I had a friend who was really into photography, and I was just kind of asking her a little bit about the type of camera that she was using and different things like that, and she pointed me towards a DSLR, which is kind of what most photographers will use today, and I went out and bought my first one and just fell in love with it, and at the time, um, this is after college, I actually, um, this is another story. I was a live-in nanny for a family. Oh, <laughs> and cool. yeah, jack it was, yeah. <laughs> what was that? It's a jack of all trades. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was just like love of kids. It was kind of like a natural progression. Um, but I nannied for two twin girls and I ended up taking their photos every year just for their family. Um, the more I did it, the more I loved it. And I kind of played around. I had some friends like, oh, can you take pictures of this or that? So I was doing a little bit of like wedding. I'd helped out a couple weddings. I was doing just whatever I could find to try to figure out what I really enjoyed doing. Mm-hmm. And I had a friend who had a friend who was getting married and was like, oh, can you do these boudoir photos? I'm like, what the heck is that? I've never even heard of that before. <laughs> I think this was 2013 at this point. It's like, sure, I'll do it. And I was looking at it. I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Here we are. Right. What a situation. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, all right. So I did the session and I absolutely loved it because it was one-on-one, which is something I prefer. Like anything portrait is so much better to me than group photos. It's very difficult to do group photos. Um, anything weddings I have a lot of respect for wedding photographers because that is one stressful job I mean Mm -hmm. most styles of photography you know if you happen to mess up or something goes wrong there's always a way to fix it with wedding photos no you have that one day to get everything absolutely right Mm -hmm. and that's a lot of pressure that I didn't want in my life yeah so um Yeah, so I did these draw photos. It was one-on-one. It also involved a lot of detail shots, which is another thing that I really am fascinated with. So it just kind of merged everything that I loved about photography. And I kind of set it aside as just my hobby. Like, I never was very serious about photography because growing up, you know, that's not 
when I was young growing up, that wasn't really considered a career, right? Mm -hmm. You had your basics, your teacher, your lawyer, your doctor, like those are the things that you should be pursuing. So I kind of missed out on this whole other world of things that you could make a career out of. And um, at this point, oh gosh. (laughs) So the family that I nannied for, um, the mother actually was uh, working for an investment company and decided to launch her own firm and decided to take me along for the ride. So I ended up, excuse me, getting into the finance industry. Okay, (laughs) Robin. telling you, jack of all trades. (laughs) So the finance industry um, had taken all these different courses and different things to get all these different licenses and found out that I enjoyed it. I was good at it, but after a while, the passion was not enough for the amount of work that requires to be in the finance industry. Yeah, like, I, could, I cannot even begin to tell you the amount of work that requires. I could only imagine, and I think my head would explode. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. There's a lot of exams, licenses. It's constant upkeep. It's very expensive. Um, one of the exams I had to take, it was a six-hour-long exam. It was Ew. $600, I think. No. Oh, no. And... I didn't even pass that the first time I had to take that. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you had to do it twice? Three times. Uh, I think I ended up doing three times, and I still haven't passed it. But <laughs> that's, an, that's another story, and that's not even the hardest of the financial exams that oh, are out no. there. Oh, um, no. Yeah, so that's, a, again, another story for another day. Yeah. But there was no passion. Like, I yeah. did not love finance enough to be willing to put myself through that. And I kind of felt like some of the reasons why... I stuck with it so long was kind of a pride issue, like Mm -hmm. to be able to be like, oh, you know, I'm in finance and, you know, look at me. So that also (laughs) is not a good reason to stick with a career. Um, And I just kind of was one day I was like, you know what? My passion is photography. Every single job that I've had along the way has given me a tool to put in my tool belt to be able to launch my own business. And understand the financial side of things, understand what it is to market myself and PR and getting clients and referrals and just everything. So I was like, I can totally do this. And so in 2018, I quit the finance industry and here I am. Wow. That's so cool. That's risky. Yeah, really cool. But you followed what you like to do, your passion. What advice would you give to somebody who maybe is in a job like finance that's Mm -hmm. creatively like stifling? but wants to like take their creative passion and make it their career? Um, I would say just kind of start doing both at the same time. Like some people might be in a financial position where they can actually just stop and start their passion. If you're not at that point in life, which most people probably aren't, um, just start like your side hustle, like figure out what you need to start getting it going. And then once you've established yourself enough to a point where you can quit your other job, then quit so yeah it's not ever going to be an overnight success I think a lot of people assume especially with social media you know there's the whole behind the scenes versus Mm -hmm. what's actually posted you know you can't just quit your job one day and then expect your first year and your new business that you're going to be rolling in money because I'm instant gratification yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm two years in and if not for you know support for my husband I would still have to have like an actual job making me the money, because honestly, everything that I've made from my job the past year and a half has gone right back into my business. So yeah. it's not like I've actually had a lot to take home at yeah. the end of the day. The life of entrepreneurship. <clears throat> I feel like right. people don't think about that. They think like, <clears throat> when I start my business, I'm just going to be rich. Mm, no. like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably going to be more poor than you are <laughs> for the first few years. Yeah. Like it takes time. And I think, yeah, everyone wants that instant gratification and they don't realize that it's okay. You're going to be in business for quite a few years before you actually start seeing a good profit from it. And that's okay. Like, as long as you go in with those expectations, you're going to be fine. The downside is if you go in with the expectations that, oh, sure, I'll start making all this money and, you know, I'll be fine. And then a year in, it's not like that. And then they think they're failing and they're not actually failing. They just need to adjust their expectations. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So what, like, keeps you going and in that mindset? Like, I feel like it, a year and a half in, it might be hard. 
to, you know, like, yeah, I don't know, to keep keep that going? Is it just all the passion and the creativity, the experiences that you have with the people that um, you shoot? Or? It's all of that. And it's also, like I said, my expectations, I yeah. think, are correct. Like, I have plans. I have mm-hmm. steps to reach certain goals every year. So I just focus on those little steps every day versus looking too far into the future, thinking that, oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. And it's also just being realistic with your own timeline and not trying to compare yeah. that with somebody else. Like, yeah, everyone's <laughs> timeline is going to be different. So if you get caught up in comparing yourself to someone else in that same industry mm-hmm. who looks like they're doing better than you, that's just the biggest killer on the planet and that's the thing they probably look like they're doing better they're not actually doing oh I I feel like I'm a good example (laughs) I have so many people reaching out to me like other small business owners like oh you're killing it you're doing so amazing I'm like not really I haven't had a client (laughs) for like two months (laughs) but I feel like yeah I don't know your Instagram page looks great your website's awesome yeah the website's great um and even just the photography that you do that you post I mean you are very detail-oriented. So, you. yeah, definitely. Um, what do you love most about shooting boudoir? I think it's just kind of the before and after with the clients. I have so many women that walk into my studio and they have a laundry list of things that they hated about themselves. They're like, they were worried about, like, I don't know how to pose. I'm not photogenic. I look weird in photos. I look like a cow. I have cellulite. I have stretch marks. Oh. Like, there's just all of that and then when they get their photos back they're like oh my god I can't believe that's me (laughs) I look like a model I have so much confidence so I think for me it's just about helping women change that perception about themselves so that they stop comparing or trying to look like someone else that they admire and just focus on bettering themselves and realizing that they actually already have what they think that they don't have or they already have what they're trying to chase after I love that yeah that's amazing I think boudoir is so empowering you know it is like yeah. com- confidence is incredibly powerful like for women especially yeah <laughs> and absolutely. I don't want to say that th- I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to be beautiful I think a lot of that is in our DNA and I could talk science on that for <laughs> forever but just in general I want to hear the science behind it well Just look in like nature, for example, you have certain animal species that are very beautiful on purpose to attract the right mate because that's the survival of the species. So I think there's a DNA component in attraction. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's always necessarily a vanity thing to want to be beautiful. Totally. Do you get like a lot of haters? out there I have not gotten any haters okay good (laughs) I'm glad to know that there aren't or there there haven't been any but Austin I think is a unique city um I feel everyone I've met in Austin especially other small business everyone is so nice and supportive and willing to help each other when Mm -hmm. I started this when I was living back in the east coast in New Jersey everyone saw you as a threat or competition and Mm -hmm. it was just a very negative like every man for himself kind of attitude so there was definitely negativity in the learning phase when I lived out there because there were a lot of other photographers I had reached out to like hey would you mind mentoring me or like helping me with this or that and they're like no I had to learn it myself so you'll just have to learn it yourself too dang well I'm glad that you've had a positive experience here because I know like for a lot of creatives it is kind of hard you know so I think the fact that you're having a good experience just says a lot about you as a person so I think that's really great Mm -hmm. Um, because I know for me like I can get negative sometimes about how cutthroat it can be here so hearing that it's been easy for you is so refreshing I think I I guess I don't know in terms of other industries obviously you guys are in a different industry um, how it might be but as far as the photography community I feel like everyone is amazing everyone that I've run into so far even other bedraw photographers here that are amazing like we chat on Instagram we're supportive of each other's work I don't view them as competition or a threat I view them as that's amazing they're helping other women too and they're giving all these women confidence like that is amazing my experience that I've had with like the photography world slash model world because I had a friend who um has a jewelry line and when she was living here she had people model her jewelry and photographers take the photos and stuff and it just seems really small and really close-knit so I think that might be a positive thing 
where they are kind of just protective over their craft, where a lot of other fields in Austin can be so oversaturated, where, yeah, I think there's room for growth and room for, like, community. Mm -hmm. So that's really cool to see. Yeah. I also kind of look... I don't know how to word it correctly. I guess the mindset that I have is if I'm always doing my best to be different and to stand out, then I'm not worried about like other people competing with me. You know, like I'm always trying to be different. I'm not trying to do what everybody else is doing because I don't want to get lost in the crowd. So the moment people start trying to do all the same things, like have the same client experiences or put out the same kind of work, that's when it can be competitive because you're all kind of going for the same thing and you're all marketing towards that exact same person. Mm -hmm. What would you say are some of the things you do that are uniquely Robin Michelle photography? Oh, geez. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Um, Or even walk us through like the client experience. They get there and then... Then what? How long okay. does it last? So even before clients come to my studio, I have them fill out a questionnaire so that I can kind of get to know them better, like know their style, know more about their personality, like what music makes you feel sexy because I'm going to play that during your mm-hmm. session. You know, do you have food allergies? Because I like to serve snacks and champagne at my sessions to, you know, like help you relax and just feel welcome. Um, once I get those answers back, then I have kind of a sense of who they are. If they have social media, I try to stalk them on social media to try to get Mm -hmm. a feel for who they are. Um, And I create a custom mood board for them before their session, which is essentially just a collection of poses and ideas that I have for them. So they can kind of know ahead of time and let me know if they're comfortable with anything or not comfortable with anything. I always send out a welcome guide so they know exactly what to expect, what to wear, what to do with the makeup, hair, all of that. I try to collaborate with as many other artists as I can so that they can find the right people for them for hair and makeup if they decide to do that. And then when they actually walk through my door, it's not, okay, take your clothes off. I'm going to take pictures of you. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I'm like, we start with the champagne. She warms them up first. Yeah. (laughs) Get them nice and drunk. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Start with a little champagne because that always helps just take the nerves down a little bit. Um, And then I just have them show me, like, you know, show me what you brought. You know, what did you plan to wear? Is there anything in particular that you, like, wardrobe-wise, like maybe you brought a veil that's important to you. You want to make sure that I capture that. Do you have any images in mind or poses in mind that you want to make sure that I capture? So it's just kind of like easing them into it. And then we kind of go from there. And I always try to start with the most conservative poses and the most amount of clothes and then kind of work our way down. Because I feel for a lot of women, once they get to a certain point, they can be like, okay, I'm comfortable here. I don't want to strip down anymore. Or like, this is my comfort level. And that kind of keeps them in the driver's seat for the most part totally that's awesome that's so cool I mean as far as that experience any photographer can offer that experience I think at the end of the day it really comes down to your personality and just how you vibe with the other person yeah you know (laughs) well talking about her vibe and personality let's get into her chart because it's so good have you ever seen your birth chart ever I have never seen it. astrology wise do you know anything about it not really I mean years ago I had looked at different things but I feel like things are a lot different now from when I last looked at it so it's still pretty new to me so she is obviously cancer sun and she is a Capricorn moon and a Sagittarius rising whoa (laughs) I know it's so good and then her Mars is in Gemini her Mercury is also in cancer and her Venus is in Leo which I think is really interesting because Venus is your feminine energy and Leo is like the very, um, it's like like pride, proud, Proud. eccentric, confident. Um, so I think the fact that your Venus is in Leo can probably transfer to women as well to kind of feel the same way because you are very, um, empowering. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then you have a Libra stellium. So she's got Jupiter, Saturn and Pluto in Libra. So, I mean, there's a little maybe. I'm going to have to look. <laughs> I'm like such a visual person. 
That's this is co-star and what it looks like. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm like. You can look at it. I've never yeah. seen this before. Yeah. So it just tells you where all your little planets are. So Mars is like masculine aggression and sex. Uh, let's see. Your Mars is in Gemini. What does that mean? That's kind of neat. I know, right? Scroll down and read it. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I can't Gemini put it into words. <laughs> da 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 da. Um, your Mars is in Gemini, meaning you assert yourself in a way that is quick and heady, and you push things forward with lots of energy, though sometimes without focus. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it says it's in your eighth house because then there's all these houses. Um, it's in your eighth house, meaning you put a lot of energy into darkness, taboos, rebirth, sex, and transformation. Hmm. Interesting. I would say boudoir would be a little bit of a taboo. You know, it is sexual. It is sexy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. But the eighth house is also a feminine house. So I wouldn't take it as like a bad thing. I would say that's like good, sexy, sexual. Also plays into it. Mm-hmm. Capricorns are funny. I'm a, Well, I have a Capricorn rising. You have a Capricorn moon. And so your moon is like your emotions and how you process them and stuff like that. It's more... Your, usually more likely to resonate with your moon sign rather than your sun sign um, just because it is more emotional and you're the one that's feeling your emotional things. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah. yeah. So the moon in Capricorn um, means your emotional self is somewhat repressed in the name of responsibility, seriousness, and rationality. You crave the <laughs> guidance and comfort of a teacher or parent. It's in your second house, meaning you find security and safety through money and material possessions. So... I think I feel that though too. <laughs> With my rising, I'm like, yep, I need, I am serious. Well, her Sagittarius rising, the Sagittarius is, <clears throat> or your rising sign is what people see first. So think of it as like the outer layer of the onion, mm-hmm. um, your first impression. And Sagittarius are like fiery little like spitfires and they're really fun. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think that's really cool that you have a Sagittarius rising. <laughs> but emotionally controlled. Yeah. And then cancers are nurturers. Yeah. I'm just laughing at the emotionally controlled because that's so true. (laughs) When I was, well, my early 20s, all of my friends, they're like, Robin, you're never underwhelmed. You're never overwhelmed. You're always just whelmed. (laughs) Yes. So I just keep a lot of my emotions to myself and I let it out when other people aren't around. Which is probably the saving grace to the Cancer Sun Sagittarius rising is this like perfect little... Capricorn moon so I'd say would you say I was like yep well I'll just I'll just stay right (laughs) here like this everything's fine yeah because cancers cancers are so like nurturing and motherly that's really their uh their thing which also I think makes sense with your uh teaching sort of background Mm -hmm. I think that it kind of plays like this like your teaching backgrounds like your cancer like the cancer sun and then the finance part of you that's such a Capricorn thing and then um now the Sagittarius like boudoir photography yes yeah right absolutely um but cancers are also like not I mean they're emotional but they're gonna try not to be they're gonna try to put other people before them and then I think with the Capricorn too it's like I'm not gonna show this (laughs) you know you don't need to know I love it that's so fascinating cool yes so, Montana, you yeah. lived there your whole life. Um, I did through college. I went to Montana State in Bozeman, Montana. Okay. I've heard that that's the next Austin. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I actually went back to visit um, some family and friends a couple years ago, and I just... I felt like that old person, you know, you're driving around and you're like, oh, I remember that used to be a field. <laughs> like, it's all homes and apartments and businesses. And there's definitely a big tech um, huh. community there. So, hmm. yeah. Interesting. I totally believe that. What was it like growing up there? So I grew up in a very tiny town on the southwestern side of the state called Hamilton. And my graduating high school class was like 125 kids. So basically the kids that I went to kindergarten with are the kids that I graduated Hmm. high school with. So it definitely felt more like we were like brothers and sisters. I don't ever remember a lot of drama with like cliques. You know, you see on some of those TV movies like Mean Girls, there's always Mm -hmm. like the super popular. Like we kind of had that, but everybody 
was like nice to each other like I don't really remember any drama at all um so yeah I like I said before you know growing up my options that I was convinced that I was able to take on for a career teacher lawyer doctor I'm like oh I like kids I guess I'll be a teacher let me tell you liking kids is not the reason to be a teacher (laughs) I learned that pretty fast like it's kind of unfortunate when I went through the education program they save student teaching till the very last instead Mm. of in the beginning so you know I discovered a lot of what I loved about teaching was true but then there's this whole other side with like dealing with parents and the political side of things that was just not what I was um, thinking it was going to be so regardless I actually had um, I don't want to say a guaranteed job I had uh, a pretty safe bet of a teaching job in Las Vegas actually because their school systems were growing rapidly just with all the money they get from the casinos they actually have a pretty good school system down mm. there and a lot of other graduates were like yeah we're applying for jobs in Vegas so I was like sure I'll try that sounded promising um, actually sent in my application for a few different schools across the country <clears throat> and it was a few weeks after um, graduation that a lot of people in my department the teaching department got a call from the university saying that we're sorry we lost your transcripts we don't know what happened so we weren't able to send them to the places you applied for so sorry if you did not get any um jobs that you applied for which is kind of what happened to me the place that I applied for like oh we never got everything in your application packet so we won't be considering you this year you can try again for like the next year gosh so that was this huge debacle yeah and I was like you know what in the meantime while things are getting sorted out I will nanny because it's actually really good money it'll be a really great experience and I ended up with a really amazing family out in New Jersey love them like it was just more than I ever thought I really feel like yes I was born and raised in Montana but I really grew up on the east coast because I was in my early 20s living basically just outside of New York City so Mm -hmm. um, right across the Hudson and so just having all these amazing experiences like actual authentic Mexican food for the first time instead of you know Taco Bell which is what (laughs) we had in my little town Um, so yeah I really felt like I grew up there and I really learned so much and um, I was there Oh, gosh. 2004 to 2009. And then I briefly moved to Arizona in Phoenix. And I was a realtor there for a couple of years. Okay. Oh <laughs> Wasn't <laughs> working out. So I kind of boomeranged, boomeranged back, right back to actually the same family that I was working for. Only that's when um, I started in the finance side of things for them. Okay. So I'm telling you, jack of all trades. But every single experience was a tool for my tool belt that helps prepare me to have my own business so how was living in Arizona you know it um, it wasn't great for me personally that was a huge time of growth a lot of really bad relationships a really awful job that I hated and just not just not a good environment for me aside from that like Arizona itself loved it like Mm -hmm. it's a great place to go um I actually wouldn't mind going back to visit soon yeah but yeah, yeah definitely growing pains for sure how did you end up in Austin so my husband and I started dating while I was living in New Jersey and um, we were just getting really sick of the cold weather and just kind of that every man for himself get out of my way just not friendly the way people are in the South. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. there's a noticeable difference. I'm not saying that East Coast people are mean, but there's a less of that automatic kind of niceness and hospitality. Like, if you're on the street, like, people de- generally don't make eye contact. Everyone has their earbuds in. They're, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, in their own lane, not really paying attention to what's going around. So, I don't know. It just kind of was wearing on us. But mainly, I would say um, we were both just ready for something new. And we kind of tossed around the idea of Denver because my husband used to live in Denver and loved it. And then Austin, because we had so many friends and family, they're like, oh, Austin is amazing. You should check it out. And neither of us had ever been to Austin before. So my husband had gone back to Denver just to visit some friends. And he went back and he's like, it's not the same city that I remember. Hmm. 
so why don't we try Austin? I was like, all right. So he's in <laughs> he's in a position where he can really work from anywhere, and I was ready to kind of like get out of my job because I kind of had gone up the ladder as far as I could, and I didn't want to stay where I was at. So both ready for something new, and we just decided to come to Austin. We had never been here, but we're just like, you know what? We don't have kids. We don't have, you know, we're still young enough to be adventurous. So we showed up, and we have loved it ever since. Like, Good. I don't ever want to move. Yeah, Aw, that's, that's awesome. That's really cool. How did you and your husband meet? <laughs> yeah. Okay, do y'all remember MySpace? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so he is actually also born and raised in Montana in the same basically tiny little town. Um, I actually have a picture of our fifth grade class picture of both of us in there. I do not remember him, which is the weirdest part. Like, I remember his older sister used to babysit me and my little brother. Um, Like, I knew him, but I just don't ever remember actually seeing him in school despite always going to the same school and having, you know, very tiny class sizes. Um, And, yeah, I don't know, 2004, 2005, I was nannying in New Jersey, and MySpace comes around, and they're trying to match you with your old classmates. And I Mm -hmm. was like, oh, that's so cool. And then his picture popped up. I was like, oh, my gosh, I remember him, too. So I'm just adding all my old classmates. And it just kind of went from a MySpace friend to suddenly we were, like, emailing each other and then texting each other and just formed this really great friendship. Mm -hmm. Um, Despite the fact that over the years we'd dated other people or whatever. we Like, I remember going to him for relationship advice. (laughs) (laughs) Just when I was having problems with some of my boyfriends. So... I just cultivated over, you know, a friendship over many years. And then he had always lived, like he was living in Denver. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to do a long distance relationship because I had done that before. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. It never even entered my mind, honestly, that he ever even had feelings for me. So Mm -hmm. I was just kind of naive and oblivious. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it wasn't until he ended up moving to D.C., and I was like, all right, you're like three hours away, so maybe something could work. And it did. And within like a year, we moved in together, and then we got married. That's so cute. That's sweet. I think that's so cute. I love love. I love hearing everyone's little <laughs> love stories. Oh, yes. Oh, and he used to do jujitsu, right? He does, yeah. yeah. He, um, I can't remember the name of the gym that he goes to. It's down off of like Will and Cannon. Okay. In that area. Um, But yeah, he's really into it. That's cool. That's so cool. I get some of the moves practice on me when I'm not paying attention. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, we all do. Yeah. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, get out of this. Yeah. Like, like, I can. (laughs) Have you ever done it before? Have we talked about this? I can't. I actually, um, I have um, a fused back. So I can't, I'm not very bendy. So, like, yoga, anything where it requires a lot of, like, bending or moving around is not my specialty okay yeah that makes sense yeah (laughs) okay um so do you have any like dreams or goals that you want to do with your boudoir photography the ultimate goal down the road would definitely be to have a studio that is not located inside my house because when i started i was just taking photos on my apartment which I'm surprised anybody actually showed up, you know, like, hey, come to the stranger's apartment and, and let them take your sexy photos. Um, but a lot of willing women, I think because I had a presence already on Instagram, like people saw my face, like they felt a little more comfortable, like they knew me a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I started there and now it's just I have an empty space in our house that I've converted into a studio. So it's great for now, but obviously, you know, in my husband's home, I can't be like, oh, I have a client coming over, so you need to leave your own home and yeah. go find something to do. Yeah. So it's not very conducive long term. So, you know, one of the goals is definitely to get an offsite studio. I know that's going to be a few years down the road. Austin real estate, even like commercial real estate right now, it's just ridiculous. I and can imagine. I don't know how other small businesses can pay the rent on some of those spaces. It's really mm-hmm. crazy. Are there spaces to rent <clears throat> anywhere? So I've looked a couple of places like um, South Congress, um, and it was just basically I'd be taking on another mortgage, which, you know, I can't really afford to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There has to be something out there. I'm going to manifest this for you, too. <laughs> yeah, right? Um, ideal workspace. Ideal studio. What would it be? 
Oh, man. Yeah. If we can use this to manifest (laughs) your future. Something with just a lot of natural light and kind of like distressed-ish interior. Like I don't need something to be super fancy. I think character and photos goes a long way. Um, And I feel like there's less for me to have to stage and decorate when the space itself already kind of has a unique character. Yeah. Um, It doesn't have to be fancy though. I mean, my current space, I'm going to do a tour of my studio for my followers to see and I think their expectations are going to be like wow I was expecting more because when you're a photographer you learn how to do with very little yes Mm -hmm. so it's not a fancy room by any means I mean it's a regular size room with a couple windows and I have a sofa in there that converts into a bed so it's multifunctional but you know I've got the backdrops and everything that just are rearranged depending on whatever the client needs um, so yeah, it doesn't need to be a fancy space, but a space that's away from the house, <laughs> a little more privacy would definitely be right up my alley. Yeah, definitely. How long is a typical session? So I offer three different packages twice a year. So around Valentine's Day and like Christmas time, I do mini sessions. Those are like half an hour to an hour. Mm-hmm. And then my two other um, packages that I have are about two hours. Not because we're shooting for two hours. It's just like some of that's like getting to chat, you know, and get to know the person at first and just kind of going over the pose list and things like that. So mm-hmm. about two hours. And, you know, there have been times where it's been like four hours because if we end up having a good time and they don't have to be out of the house, you know, at a certain point, we just take our time and have fun and – so many people afterwards, they're like, oh my gosh, that's so much fun. I wasn't expecting it to be like that. So <laughs> it's like every every single person that comes through, I feel like they leave a friend. Like I still yeah. keep in contact with a lot of my former clients. and That's, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Do you have people come back and I like do, do it again yeah. and again? Yeah. I've had a couple people um, and they end up just being the best form of marketing for me honestly like I do referral discounts because Mm -hmm. I think it benefits both of us but when someone's really happy with your work and they keep coming back I think it's not just that first visit where they tell people that they had a great time it's the fact they're willing to go back again and again other people are like oh I should look into this you know see what I think yeah oh I love that I just love the whole like empowerment behind boudoir because I feel like yeah the confidence that it takes and the sexiness that you know, it kind of unfolds in the photography. I feel like it, I don't know, there could be shame around it, you know, for some people. And I think that that's a good way to kind of like break that. It is. And I have had such a variety of clients from girls with eating disorders, girls who have lost a lot of weight or in the process of losing a lot of weight. So they're very insecure about, you know, where they are now and I've had pastor's wives. I've had <laughs> recently divorced. I've, like, of all ages, like, I had a woman in her 50s. Um, so it's just, there's no, like, one type of client mm-hmm. that boudoir is for. Like, I always tell people boudoir is for every woman. It doesn't matter um, what you look like, what stage of life that you're at. Like, it's really something to do. I mean, everyone has different reasons why they do it. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it's, going to be a gift that you get for yourself because it is that confidence and I kind of feel like it's kind of your own highlight reel I mean it's easy to look at all of these celebrities every day who are always posting you know these glammed up photos of themselves and you kind of get caught in that cycle of thinking they look like that 24 7 and that they're you know perfectly polished all the time and so once they have that experience for themselves where they see everything that goes into hours of hair and makeup and glamming yourself up and then professional photos they realize they actually look like that too it's just they see the effort that goes into creating those types of images yeah it just must be so fun i i like taking pictures too i've never really gone into shooting with like people just for me it's one of those things where i personally feel like if i get another person involved it's like I, I try to make it, it just becomes way more about them, you know, than it is 
it for me it's just something I like to do for me mm-hmm. and it's like I don't want to let other people in so it's like really cool I admire people that can <laughs> and can like just have a creative um like flow with somebody else it's just mm-hmm. it's really interesting and really like inspiring and cool <sighs> I don't know, but it must just be so fun to like just look through all the pictures at the end and see and be like, oh my gosh, that one. Oh my gosh, this one. It's It's just like constant inspiration, I think. It is. It's really rewarding. Um, And it is fun. That's, it is my job, but it's also my creative outlet. Like I Mm -hmm. enjoy being able to be creative and, you know, figure out how to crop certain photos to emphasize, you know, something in a photo or playing with different light or different filters and things like that. And um, I think a lot of people would be surprised to know that I actually don't have to retouch a lot of my photos. <laughs> like oh, I think cool. I love that. People yeah. are like, I mean, aside from color correction, you know, you might notice my photos are a little dark and moody versus like really yeah. bright and airy. Mm-hmm. Um, that does not alter the actual body in any way. It's just yeah. the color. So it's kind of yeah. similar to like filters on Instagram. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not like making people thinner, making their boobs bigger anything like that if the client requests that obviously I will um but usually the stuff that I end up retouching like if you have a stray hair in your face yeah like yeah but yeah most of them I try my best not to retouch unless the client wants me to and it's amazing there are some people that are like make sure you retouch all this and then I show them the images I'm like I didn't actually have to retouch any of that because it doesn't show through on the camera like everything we magnify and our minds is not does not oh, come through. Yeah, absolutely. Is there like a common theme of like what's the what do you hear most of that people women are most insecure about <sighs> or yeah. love the most about themselves and want to emphasize? The com- most common complaint I hear is, "Oh, I feel like a cow," and that really? always breaks my heart because I've had some women like my size, like I'm a tiny person, and they're like you know, I'm fat, I'm this and that. I'm like, what must you think about me if you yeah, <laughs> if you yeah. think that about yourself? Yeah. But um, usually it's a weight thing. And I'm just, I'm always just really surprised because I look at them. I'm like, you're like runway material. How can you have an ounce of anything that you hate about yourself? It just continues to blow my mind all the time. Yeah. Um, the thing that I hear the most about people say they love the most, um, it's always like, oh, my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's never like body, really. There very have been, have been very few women that have like, you know, I, I love my body yeah. just the way it is. So usually they say that after the session when they get their images back, which is the goal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going into it, mostly just complaints, which wow. hurts in my heart. But yeah, I'm glad really I'm that like I'm surprised. able to change that self-perception. Yeah. A cow. Like, and that's that's what comes out the most. That's so sad. Cow. Cows are so cute, though. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, regardless, I don't know. Uh, I know. I feel like being in an industry where, like, you do lift other women up and, you know, give them confidence, that's admirable to me. So... I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, I don't know. How are we feeling? I know. I think we're questions. questions. Do you have any questions for us? Um, I do, actually. Ooh. So as women who kind of look on the outside, are there things that you wish that you saw more or thing, other things that you're curious about? In terms of just like the boudoir world? So I've done a boudoir shoot one time in my life. And it was awkward. <laughs> and I was also in a really different place of my life. Okay. Um, I would like to do it again. I also have a person I went to high school with who is a wedding photographer and does boudoir as well. And she kills it. And she's just all about women empowerment. Um, and then I would say within the last like year or so I've been all about like women empowerment as well so I guess I don't know those are my thoughts (laughs) (laughs) and I don't really know what else but I just love the the vibe that boudoir can bring to femininity femininity so yeah I think it's well I guess I wonder how you can make something 
like that subject matter, it can go so many ways so easy. You know, it could Mm -hmm. definitely get super racy or be like be (laughs) modest or how does it yeah how do you find (laughs) balance is it like imposing and like the lighting and the veils and things like okay how do you I'm gonna answer this with two two comments I have the first comment is there is a huge distinction and I find it very easy to see between male boudoir photographers and Mm. female boudoir because what men view Mm -hmm. as like sexy and beautiful is very different from what women it's very um, yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) and I think that's what a lot of people think of when they first hear boudoir they're like oh I'm gonna be like a dominatrix on the vet something you know I just have to show all but yeah I (laughs) and you know if that's your thing cool I'm not like knocking that I'm just saying there's a a distinction so me being mm-hmm. a woman I'm kind of I guess I don't know I'm already in a position to kind of have a better idea of what other women are looking for mm-hmm. um so I feel like my style is partly just because I am a woman so I see things a little bit differently than a man would and then the other comment or side of that is It comes down to what photographers call having the eye. Like you are either born with having the eye and like understanding just by looking at something like how to compose it in a photo, like how it would look amazing. Like you look at the things that other people might miss um, and figure out how to kind of bring that forth in the image. And then the other side is knowing how to just master the equipment that you use. Anybody can learn how to master a camera and the equipment and, you know, have great photos out of it. But not everybody has the eye. I'm not totally convinced that just anybody can learn how to have the eye. I think that's just something that you're born with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope I don't sound like I'm bragging when I say no. that I feel like that's just it's my passion Like, I just feel like I was born to do it because people tell me all the time, like, oh, I never would have seen that, you know, just by looking at that. So I just think I tend to have the eye. I feel my area of weakness is mastering my actual equipment. Like, technical stuff is a lot harder for me. (laughs) So that's definitely something that I'm continually trying to learn so that I can get better at that. But I feel solid in, I think, knowing what women want and trying to, like, have the right eye to give them what they're looking for I think it's like the feminine eye versus the masculine eye you know like the energies are so different and that's something that I definitely love about your photography is that your personality definitely shows the femininity is there and I think that is so special especially for some women because I feel like a lot of women might have a hard time tapping into their feminine side Mm -hmm. So I feel like you bringing that out in somebody is just so cool. I definitely am drawn to the more kind of feminine things because I think along the way, especially with female empowerment, it has been kind of misconstrued to think that you have to be manly or whatever to be an empowered female. Like they don't realize that there's also power in femininity. Like you don't have to pretend to be something you're not or try to be exactly like a man in order to have power. So I've always been drawn to like the pretty girly things, which is kind of funny because in my everyday life, like I'm not like girly-ish. Like I don't always have my nails painted or like wear a ton of jewelry or anything like that. Um, But just what I'm drawn to as far as images and things, I really appreciate, you know, the flowers and things like that. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I've never done boudoir photography or been, I don't know. I feel like I would be so awkward (laughs) and just like the most awkward the most I can I mean everybody has to find kind of their comfort level I when I did it that first time I thought it would be awkward going into it and it totally wasn't mm-hmm. um but I can I can yeah. how some people would be like I don't know what to do and I when I had my boudoir for my before my wedding was the most awkward experience of yeah. my entire life so yeah. that's definitely a good learning experience for me so I know what not to do with my clients I was, like, blackout drunk by the end of mine because I was, like, so uncomfortable. I was, like, I don't even remember leaving. I was, like, I'm so happy that I had my friends with me. Why was yours so awkward? So I had a destination wedding, actually. Mm -hmm. So instead of 
the smart thing, you know, <laughs> that a photographer should know how to do, researching other photographers that I could just, like, fly out, uh-huh. you know, for our wedding photos or whatever. I was trying to look for a local photographer, and I found this guy, and his portfolio is amazing. And I'm like, reasonable. Like, it was in our budget. Everything seemed great. We ended up having a couple um, Skype sessions so I could get to know him, so he could ask me all my questions. Um, I felt out. I filled out this survey, just like everything. So he was ready to do everything for our wedding. I was very excited, and I kind of thought as a side thought, I'm like, hey, maybe you know, the morning of my wedding, before I get my dress on, since my hair and makeup will be done, like maybe just grab like five images, like no big deal. I was like, is that something you can do? Sure, no problem. That was probably the first time maybe he's even seen a woman with a even a bra on like he oh, was so uncomfortable wow. and there was like no music in the background there's like he wouldn't tell me like even how to pose really or like I don't know it was just all around awkward it was a lot of silence and I'm like I don't know what to do yeah and the photos like because he was awkward yeah. it made the environment awkward it made me awkward so then in turn the photos turned out so so awful yeah. um I'm like <laughs> whatever I'll find somebody else you know to take my photos at some point which is my struggle now because there are so many amazing bourgeois photographers out there but none of them have the same style that I'm looking for which is basically like Mm -hmm. my style yeah so I had kind of tossed around the idea of maybe trying to do my own online timer I don't know if that's actually going to work or not but I'm going to give it a try I'm just (laughs) obsessed with like the female body in a non like sexual way i just think that like yeah absolutely they're all like different shape sizes Mm -hmm. and that's something too that i feel like i had to come into my own in the last year and like i was so insecure still kind of struggle with body dysmorphia but i've just learned like self-acceptance so i don't know i have a vision of like I don't know, getting women together, like five women and just doing like champagne and like having a little boudoir session and just like feeling women empowerment. But I don't know how to do that without being awkward for people that are uncomfortable. Um, so I know someone who does that. Oh, oh you. <laughs> I'm like, really? So, I actually so did funny. this. It was, I mean, I was a photographer. I didn't do it. Yeah the client but for valentine's day i did a galentine's boudoir party where it was actually one of my past clients got a bunch of her friends together and was like hey let's go do this for galentine's day and it was a lot of fun like i had little swag bags for everybody and it was just a good good time like it you know i mean i think sometimes it's nicer having your friends there for a little bit of moral support (laughs) definitely um Nobody seemed to like get uncomfortable. They all were really excited about it. So yeah. cool. We might have to. <laughs> Dang, chat. I'm like, should we do it? I think so. I think that we might have to chat about this. Because <laughs> hmm. yeah, that's been like for me a vision that I would like to do. So well, that'd be cool. I can help you with your vision when yeah. you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. When you're ready to learn, the teacher appears. That's what it <laughs> says. There she is. Here she is. Hey, Robin. (laughs) What do you think is, like, the most awkward part? Like, in your minds, the awkward part, if you were the client to come and do it? I don't think that I would be awkward now. Um, I think I'd be just super excited and probably just, like, too excited. But I think the awkwardness for me when I did it the first time was insecurity. Okay. And not really being comfortable in my body. So, yeah, that is, like, the awkwardness about it. And I would – that's the only thing that worries me about doing something like that is, like, I wouldn't want people to feel insecure. Mm -hmm. I would want to find, like, a group of women that would be super excited to do it. So, yeah. I would be excited. I would just be awkward. And it's just me, (laughs) I think. Um, I'm not the type that – like takes selfies even like in this day and age when mm-hmm. like you go on people's Instagrams and it like literally is just the whole page is just pictures of them it's like I physically like can't do it <laughs> I just can't and I don't know why I used to you know when I was like 19 or 20 I like mm-hmm. get ready before work and take a million pictures that was part of my little routine and then I go off to work and maybe post one maybe I wouldn't but I used to be like that and I don't even know what happened and what changed because I haven't 
my body hasn't changed that much. Like I'm in a relationship that's happy and good. And like, I, I don't know, there's just no, there's nothing driving me to do it. And I <laughs> yeah. feel like it, I don't know if it's, I don't know. I need to do like some real reflecting on why I feel that way. If like, do I think it's like selfish or something? Do I think that, I don't know. I don't, there's some mental <laughs> block in there. And I so it have to be me like jumping that hurdle. And I think it's because I do also, like I like taking pictures too. So like, I don't feel like I have to be the model. I feel like my uh, role could be better you know, used behind the scenes, mm-hmm. you know, rather than be in front Absolutely. of it. And even with the pod, like I'm, Jamie's the one that even does the Instagram posts. Like she's <laughs> the one that's posting every day and like writes all that stuff. I just can't do it. I don't know why. So there, for me getting in front of it, it's just, I don't know what to do. It's like the roles get reversed yeah. and I'm confused. No, I, I feel that. I Being behind the camera all the time, it feels weird being the one in front of the camera. And I think for me, it's a control issue. Yeah, probably. I am just like... Honestly, though, that's probably what it is. Just weird control. Even if I'm taking a selfie, I'm just... I don't know. And a lot of it, too, is just, like, laziness. My husband complains a lot. He's like, we don't have a lot of pictures of us. And I'm like, that's just laziness. Like, there's no (laughs) rhyme or reason to that. I just... I don't know. But, yeah, I think there is a huge control element with me in terms of giving someone else the camera and being like yeah. I trust you <laughs> yeah I think that's that has to be what it is that's what I really like about photography is that I can like I am in control I'm in control of this image you see what I'm seeing yeah. I get to show you how you know my perspective and it's like that's what feels like so empowering about it mm-hmm. and so then when it's like well are they going to take a picture of me are they going to get my good side are they gonna see what I see and what I want shown you know and so yeah just give it I think that's probably what it is the control thing weird no that's 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 pretty common a lot of my clients I actually ask them too I'm like do you have a good side you know what do you think (laughs) is your good side you know I try to work with them as much as I can so they feel like they have you know a little bit of control over that Mm -hmm. I don't know I guess that's me (laughs) but everyone who has they're like, oh, I'm not photogenic or I'm very awkward. I don't, you know, bring people into my studio and be like, okay, pose. Like, I'm the one. That's my job. Yeah. yeah. Your job is to have fun and drink the champagne. I go <laughs> yes. over. I'm posing you. I'm fiddling with your hair to make sure that it's right. I am moving your head to make sure that it's the right angle. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell, I'll tell you to smile if, you know, you need to smile half the time. There's not a lot of smiling because I think it, like, it's not your senior pictures. You yeah. shouldn't be, like, <laughs> having a cheesy smile when it's yes. supposed to be, like, a sensual type of photo. Yes. And I think a lot of people, they're going in, like, you know, I don't really know what to do with my face. I'm like, don't yeah. do anything at all yeah. with your face. And half the time, you know, your face is not even in the photo fully. So it doesn't matter what you're doing with your face. Um, yeah, so... I try to be as realistic with people as I can, um, just letting them feel comfortable, letting them know I'm. it's my job to worry. I'm the one in control and making sure that everything looks the way it needs to. Your job is just to show up. Like That yeah. is mm-hmm. really the hardest part for most yeah. people is just showing up. Absolutely. I think people, yeah, they don't realize that like the control is with the photographer. You know, like they can just let loose and just... <laughs> it's true. Yeah. What? <laughs> Nothing. Oh my gosh. Well, should we humble brag? Do you guys think it's time? Oh. (laughs) Um, Well, Robin, you can go first. (laughs) Humble brag. Yeah, humble brag. So something that you're doing that you want to say that you're great at, humbly. Uh, It doesn't have to be humble, but this is your chance to be like, um, I'm on the okay. Tired Girls podcast. <laughs> Aww. Aww, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd have to think about that I for know. a second. Um, I know. I'm trying to think too. Like, what can we humble brag about right now? I've been so bored in my house. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Seriously. Um, um, we're not panicking. Yeah. I think that's. I would how. say I'm, I'm not, not panicking. I'm not panicking. I've been eating healthier since this Good. situation. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else is going on? I might, I might be able to humble brag in a couple of months. I'm submitting an article to a magazine that I am hoping will pick it up. So if that happens, then I will humble brag. 
That's exciting. Hey, hey we're going to manifest it. Yeah. Okay. Even just like taking the step to do that is a humble brag. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I'm submitting an article on boudoir to a women's magazine. I love it. It's not a local women's magazine. That's okay. But I'm going to do it and hopefully. I love it. And it's going to be submitted and we're all going to be celebrating in a few months. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so excited. Yep. And then you'll have to make sure you make it known that it was accepted and then absolutely yeah, yeah. post about it yeah obviously I will. I will. <laughs> well i think that's it thank you for yeah thank you, thank you so much yeah for on thank this. you this for having awesome. me yeah of course of course making the truck up here to yeah. north austin you know <laughs> there's no one on the roads right now so it's actually really easy yeah. yeah are you gonna do anything else up in north side now that you're here you know, I might try to venture into a grocery store to see if I can find potatoes. Because let me tell mm. you, I've been trying to make this short rib stew, whatever, that requires potatoes. I've been mm. trying to make it for a long time, and no one has potatoes. Oh, my like, gosh. Yeah, the H-E-B of um, Burn It Right Here didn't have any when I went, like, two days ago. So it's I like don't know. TP and potatoes. I don't know <laughs> what the deal is with potatoes. And it's like... <laughs> People are overbuying produce, but it's like, it's going to go bad. I know. <laughs> what are you doing? I think I heard that they just need like a week or so like to kind of get back on track yeah. from the panic buying. So hopefully. It's coming. <laughs> I want my potatoes. There's a silver lining. We'll have potatoes one day. Yeah. <laughs> mm, I want P. Terry's now french fries. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Work it out. Work it out. Work it out. Work it out. Work it out.